Hi, Val here, and this is my podcast, The Kalahari Diaries. I live in one of Africa's most remote wilderness areas. Nature and wildlife is my biggest passion. I hand-dressed Serga the lioness and walked the Kalahari to join her on her hunts. My work is on tourism and nature conservation. For fun, but also for wildlife monitoring, I fly anything that gets me into the air. I live in an old caravan. The next supermarket is a two and a half hour drive away on sandy and bumpy roads. There is no cell reception anywhere nearby and the only comms is an extremely slow, extremely expensive satellite internet connection. I am Valentin Grüner and this is my podcast, The Kalahari Diaries. Alright, this is The Kalahari Diaries again and this is episode 5 of the podcast. And this time is going to be our Corona special. So just a little bit about how the Corona pandemic is actually impacting us here in one of the most remote areas on our earth. Yeah, I guess the whole thing started like for everybody else who lives outside China. It was just a few reports here and there around December, January of this new coronavirus that is devastating the city of Wuhan. And there was quite a few horror stories about it and all kinds of things. But I think overall, we weren't exactly too worried around here in the Kalahari in Africa with this whole thing. Yeah, the first coronavirus cases that we had close by were actually in South Africa, which is very close. It's got a long border with Botswana and we're actually just on the other side of the border. And Unfortunately, we went into lockdown in March and since the 2nd of April in Botswana, we have declared a state of emergency and we have lockdowns on and off. Face mask wearing is compulsory like everywhere else. Social distancing has to be adhered to and all the other usual rules, hand washing and disinfecting and all of these things. On top of that, we should add that South Africa and pretty much Botswana with it is actually going through some of the strictest lockdowns in the world. The first lockdown, which was one month, was completely shut down. We couldn't go shopping without a written permission. And since for us it's about a two and a half hour drive just to get to the next village, it's basically a whole day that's planned away. So applying for this permission also didn't really work well from sitting here only having an internet connection although an online system had been in place but unfortunately the approval of these online permits usually took so long that there was no point for us to even go into town anymore and luckily our police here is very understanding and we would drive to town apply for the permit up front and just print out the the print screen from when it says that we have submitted our application and that is pending and then we'd head into town and just show that document to the police, explain our situation. That was not a problem. So we were able to go shopping. The supermarkets never ran out of anything, really. It was actually okay. There was always fresh products. We never had any problem with toilet paper and those kind of stories. So it's been it's been a, a good situation, that first month lockdown. We were also lucky because our staff actually decided to stay on here with us at work during this first lockdown month. And that was... Yeah, fantastic, because we could actually continue work here um, at, at our place. And everything's been sort of going the normal way, aside from all kinds of rules when you need to go into town. So that hasn't impacted us too bad. Initially, it was all okay. The lockdown then got extended without any sort of break in between. And at that stage, we did apply for a permit so that we could drive the staff home to see their families for the next lockdown period. 
And that was it. Then we had a nice time here in the bush, a bit relaxing and, and just enjoying ourselves and hoping that things will, will ease ease up a little bit soon. So when I talk about these you know strict lockdown regulations here in, in Southern Africa, especially South Africa and Botswana, it actually includes, for example, that liquor and tobacco sales has pretty much been banned since the lockdown period. It was open in between, but at the moment, they actually just close everything down again. I believe tobacco can be bought at the moment, but liquor still not. So that includes any any liquor shop, bars, restaurants. It's not just for consumption anyway. It's also just not for sale. You can't take it home. And the tobacco thing is quite a pr big problem for a lot of the smokers. Fuel is being rationed at the moment because due to the economic crisis everywhere, we're not getting the fuel that Botswana would like to, to purchase. And we can only fill up petrol for, at the moment, 250 Botswana puller each time you go to the filling station, which means that's an equivalent of about 30 liters of fuel. In our case, that barely gets me back home. So definitely not back to the filling station afterwards. And usually we only go to town once a month and then we fill up a big 200 liter drum with petrol and obviously the tanks full at the vehicles and everything so that we're going to be okay for the month now that's become a little bit hard to do since it's simply not allowed i don't know actually and i think it's not very well put yet how this whole system works with the 250 polar or 30 liters of petrol for each time yeah so basically the fuel attendants, luckily, that are here are fairly understanding. And although they're not willing to fill up any containers and things like that, we can fill up the tank after we explain the situation. So, we, yeah, we're not worried about that too much. We just have to be extremely cautious with the way we drive around and what we can do here at the moment. So, unfortunately, some of our fence patrols and anti-poaching drives and things like that are very restricted because we simply don't have the petrol to do them. For Botswana in general... It's obviously quite a crisis. Botswana depends on international tourism as its second largest income, which obviously is completely crashed for this entire season or maybe the whole year at the moment would be our high season with tourism. And the largest income for Botswana, which is their diamond export, I've read that is two thirds down already, which is also devastating so Botswana luckily is a wealthy country for this region they're doing very well and so far the government has been very good to its people everything has been very open and, and honest and there hasn't been anything anything strange and they are working very hard to get the economy back on track and hopefully all of this won't last too long but the corona pandemic specifically with the tourism being completely hit here and the diamond industry also being largely exposed to to big losses it obviously has a massive impact on a country where those two make up a vast majority of the total income for the country yeah that being said we were actually planning to open up our camp this year in june for tourists so that we can also earn an income and obviously that has sort of gone out the window we were extremely fortunate on the other hand, because a generous person actually made an aircraft available to us. I hold a private pilot's license and for some time now we've been 
wanting to get an aircraft here. It will not only make our life easier going to town, do, even doing shopping runs. It's more fuel efficient, much quicker, but mainly we can do a lot of work around wildlife and around surveying the areas, anti-poaching and so on, that we can use an aircraft for just for our own purposes here and for the for the conservation work we want to do. And yeah, so that's been an amazing new development for us, which came sort of with the whole corona crisis. So that's been fantastic news. And we've been busy building an aircraft hangar since then. We were, again, very lucky that we managed to uh, find a shop in, in our capital, in Khabaroni. And the hardware shop actually managed to organize a truck with permits to deliver all the materials. So we got the materials delivered to a place about 60 kilometers away near the tar road where a truck can go and offload. And then we were busy bringing all the the beams and, and steel sheets and everything up onto the farm. And we've spent the pretty much entire period since this whole lockdown story started building this hangar and it's pretty much finished. So we're very excited about that. The only downside of everything is that the plane that we also organized and that I'm supposed to pick up is in South Africa and I have absolutely no way of crossing the border which I look at actually every time I drive to town the border fence is right next to the tar road and unfortunately we're not allowed to cross over at all doesn't matter what I try to do so that's just something we have to deal with and wait and of course we're very excited for things to open up so that we can go and pick up the aircraft so that we can do work with it here. Yeah, in the meantime, I have to say that life here in the bush hasn't really been that different. We've actually had a fantastic time. We've had a few new wild lions that have sort of moved into the area and that come to visit Serga here regularly. And actually, they're running around right our camp and they've been inside the workshop and sort of gone around the bathroom. And they've been very, very inquisitive about the whole situation here, which is great because initially when they first showed up, they were extremely shy. And we did nothing to them, but just coming here a few times, they gotten used to the place a bit and they're becoming fairly resident. It's only been about six weeks, but it's it's something and we can see them marking spots and we hear them roaring. Even if they don't show up for some days, we can hear them and Sugar talks and they're answering. So that's just an amazing experience. And it's so fantastic to see wild lions that are doing okay. Both of them that are coming here are very young males, maybe around two and a half years old. So that's just been a pleasure. At the same time, one of our leopards that's running around our area here has had a cub. And they actually patrol the area from where we're building our guest camp towards the airfield where we're building the hangar. So every morning when we go to work on the hangar, we can sort of see the leopard prints in the sand on this road. And we saw initially the tiny tracks from the cub with it. And then day by day, we could see how the cub actually grows you know you see the tracks a few days later and the little tracks are actually getting bigger so you can see although we first hadn't actually seen the little leopard we could just observe how how it grows and that was amazing to watch and they've been quite inquisitive about the new construction site at the airfield leopard cub and mother were right in there all over the place sniffing around even our two lions had a good look and took a big piece of carton where they bit a bunch of holes into it so we have a beautiful dental print of these lines now in a carton box so yeah things have actually been pretty exciting and pretty nice and although there are these restrictions on lockdown and and everything else that that comes with it and 
not being able to go to town, obviously it's strange. And yeah, all of that aside, we actually had a very nice time here with very little impact so far on our life directly. A massive impact, obviously, for us is the fact that we could not open up our camp in June like we planned and that we actually have no idea when we can open up the camp again. Currently, I think people are hoping that by the beginning of next year, tourism would start up again here in Southern Africa or Botswana. And I'm not sure if that's a realistic view yet. We'll have to wait and see. But either way, it means for us that an income that we've been pretty much relying on since June is missing completely. So we started a Patreon page, actually, some page on the internet where you can go and set up some sort of, you know, exclusive material area where you can interact with so-called patrons who sign up for a monthly donation. In this case, we set it up so people can choose to give whatever they want. And in return, they get access to this page where we're posting exclusive things, you know, videos that we cut together and updates about things that are happening, what happened when we actually had the lines around the camp and a sort of detailed description and a bunch of pictures. And just to give people a little bit of a way to actually join life here in the bush since nobody can actually come visit and we are hoping to bring that page to some sort of a level where it will actually sustain us here for the time being so that we can keep things maintained, keep things looking well, look after our wildlife and the area until hopefully the camp can open up again, we can receive tourists and then we can continue developing further for our goals. Yeah, so I think to, to summarize the whole thing, our biggest problems here are the fact that I cannot buy beer. We can't pick up the aircraft in South Africa and we're going to sort of run out of fuel. On top of that, it's absolutely freezing. It's been the coldest winter that I've ever experienced in the Kalahari. And that has nothing to do with the lockdown, but it's just not pleasant. I think we had about two months, three months maybe, where actually almost every morning it's in the minus degrees. Our water outside's frozen. We have to drain all our pipes in the, in the evening and close the, the tank on the stand so that the pipes don't burst at night. And obviously, we don't have any heating. We're just in the bush in a little caravan. The office at the moment I'm sitting in is also not heated. It's freezing. I have a beanie on, big jacket, skiing underwear, big socks. So the winter's been cold, but yeah, that's just what it is. And it would have been like that with or without any lockdown. And yeah, all in all, life's not too bad. We are extremely thankful that our Patreon page has already received quite a few supporters and is actually doing yeah, surprisingly well for a short time that we only had it running. It's also just been great that we managed to get the materials to build the hangar for the aeroplane and that we could be busy doing that during the lockdown period. We're extremely thankful that our staff decided to stay on for the first month of lockdown and that obviously since lockdown restrictions have been eased and work can continue, they have been coming back to work and have been helping us. Without them, we could have never made it that far with the hangar. And on top of everything, at the moment, while I'm sitting here, I'm having a glass of home-brewed pineapple beer. So things are okay. You can make a plan and, and work stuff out. We cannot complain. We hope that everybody else is well during this hard time. And we can't wait to have things sort of back to maybe a new normal where we can run our camp. That being said, we actually believe that the kind of program that we run, which is always a 14-day minimum stay, which is basically a bunch of activities and sort of lectures that are happening, information for people to learn about nature conservation. And two weeks is the absolute sort of minimum to really experience that and to get to know this place and the wildlife. So we always do that. 
and it's never been different. And I believe for the future of tourism, especially in the near future, that type of setup is probably something perfect. We only have transfers every 14 days in between that nobody actually goes in or out of the place unless us going to do a quick shopping run in town. And that has always been the case. So we have this setup, which I believe should work fantastically well. And obviously, whatever rules and regulations will be there for, you know, keeping the hygienic standards so that we don't spread anything. But I'm certain that we can open up as soon as, you know, it's possible for international travel to start again. And in the meantime, we're going to continue our life here. And if anybody would like to, please feel free to join this Patreon page. Any small amount absolutely helps. And if you sign up for a monthly payment, you get access to all kinds of exclusive things, sort of more, you know, deeper info that maybe on the normal social media stuff wouldn't really, you know, be read anyways. Longer posts, detailed information about our life, just trying to take people on a bit of a visual journey of everything that's going on here. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Our last episode, number four, was actually quite an intense episode with a lot of information about the Kalahari ecosystem, how everything sort of fits together here and how a lot of our wildlife has disappeared and it's probably been a bit of an overload of info which was kind of intended to be there so that everybody gets a bit of an idea of what might be going on but i'd like to go a little bit more into detail just specifically on how the kalahari ecosystem actually functions and that's going to be the next episode thank you for listening and goodbye Thanks for listening to this episode of the Kalahari Diaries. Did you enjoy the podcast? Fantastic. You can help me tremendously by subscribing and rating it on your podcast app. Leave a review and tell friends and family about it if you feel like it. If you want to know more about this story, go ahead and check out the website on sergeytheliones.com or follow me on social media. You'll find me on Instagram and Facebook at Valgrüne, that is at V-A-L-G-R-U-E-N-E-R, and at Modisa Wildlife Project, where I'm sharing photos and videos from the Kalahari on a regular basis. I'm Val, and you've been listening to the Kalahari Diaries.